Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Today's guest is my dear friend, Brooke Nickel. Brooke is the heart and brains behind Saving Face here in Austin, Texas, a full-service aesthetics practice specializing in anti-aging injectables and lasers. Brooke went from being an overworked ICU nurse and OR nurse to building Austin's premier spot for feeling and looking fantastic. Trained by world-famous plastic surgeons, Brooke set the bar high in the industry and was named a top 100 injector by the best aesthetics injectors in America in 2018. In today's episode, you'll learn Brooke's path from an overworked ICU nurse on the verge of bankruptcy to a leading aesthetic expert with a team of 23, strategies for building a business that not only succeeds, but makes a real difference in people's lives, and how couples can leverage their unique strengths to build a thriving business together without sacrificing intimacy. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Brooke has something special for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. This one applies to anyone who lives in or is visiting Austin. She's giving 10% off your first treatment at Saving Face, plus a free post-love CBD when you visit. To get access to this gift, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 161. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Brooke Nickel. Brooke, so good to have you on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Well, we've talked about this for a little while, and I'm glad that we could make it possible. And it's fun. You and I both take Mondays off generally. And so it's it's fun. <laughs> right. I've actually, I don't know if I've ever recorded on a Monday before. So uh, yeah. it's fun having you on the show today and getting a chance to get into some stuff. Well, thanks for coming in on your day off. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. For you, anything. Oh, I appreciate that. And everyone's going to learn why. So yeah, let's tell them. Yeah, your story is incredible. And, and I want more mm. people to know about it. I want them to know about you, your business, how you got to where you are today, and, and just some of life's journeys where things work out better than planned, as planned, or worse than planned, right? And, and so we can <laughs> right. get into all of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm an open book. So, you know, ask away. I'm excited to share my story with your, with your people. Well, you got the nickname of the aesthetic queen because you are one of the most prominent, highly successful people in your space. You've won tons of awards. We'll talk about that. I shared some of that in the intro, but you know, your stuff and I know this firsthand as well. And I want to get into that today too, but not everyone knows how you got to where you are today. You're a successful entrepreneur. You're running a business with your husband, primarily 
what started as a female brand that now I think is much more uh, encompassing than that. You're servicing people all across the board, but it's really cool to see what you've been able to build in a short period of time. And moreover than that, the huge U-turn you took to get to where you are today, right? Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been a long journey. It's been, well, 10 years in the, in the making, but I didn't go to school. You talk about like just curveballs and not knowing really things turning out better than you expected. It has just been such a dream come true, really, an unexpected one at that. So yeah, we're all good. <laughs> Sorry, that's Jason. Push pause on that. No, he's, he's making sure I'm all technically like hooked up or whatever. Uh, I love it. No, so it has been quite the journey. And I didn't go to school to become an aesthetics nurse. I became an RN. I moved out to California on a travel contract. I worked in ICU for five years. That had to be intense. Yeah. ICU, right? Intensive care unit. Yes, sir. And actually, I loved it. I loved the two to one patient ratio. It was just such a great field for me, but it was 12 hour night shifts. I would work six in a row and then take a bunch of time off. But I ended up running into some people who worked for a plastic surgeon in LA and they were like, oh, you're a nurse? Well, you should come work with Garth Fisher. We don't work holidays and we don't work weekends. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds like fun. That's (laughs) nice. Yeah, really nice. So I went in there and I, I said, listen, I know nothing about circulating in the operating room. But he said, you know, if you can do ICU, you can basically do anything. And so that was really great to have that background. And so I started working with him as his operating room nurse. And then he asked me one day in 2007, he said, you want to go learn how to do Botox? I was like, no, no, I will never do Botox. (laughs) I will never work with women who do Botox. And clearly I was really young and really judgy. And but I, I needed the CME credits. And so I went with him to Rebecca Fitzgerald and has a practice in Larchmont. And I was 27 at the time. And she said, stand up. And I stood up and she started looking at my face. And she said, if you look at her upper third and her mid third and her lower third and the white ring around her mouth, and she just made it an art. And uh, my right brain went off and exploded. And I was like, wow, as long as I take pictures of these crazy women, they can't blame me for something that was already there. And so in 2007, that that began my journey into aesthetics. And I just was like a sponge. I would go to every conference and every training they would have. So it was really right when hyaluronic acid launched, like right when Allergan launched Juvederm. And so I just had access living in LA to all of the best trainers. And so I did, I soaked it all up. And then about two years later, I said, Garth, I cannot sit in your operating room anymore. I'm like bored to death. And he was like, well, if you're going to inject, come inject for me. And I haven't stepped back in an OR or an ICU in, in quite some time. So that's how I got into aesthetics. Oh, that's so cool. And and it's neat that who would have ever thought you would have taken this path that you would have gone from the ICU to the aesthetics field. And from there, you learned from some of the best people in the business. You were able to take yeah. all this stuff and you had the guts to leave that, leave what was comfortable, leave what was a known commodity, a known income to start your own business and moving to a completely different state because you moved from LA 
to Austin, right? Correct. Yes, correct. And Jason was a huge part of, of me having the courage to do my own thing because I had intentionally wanted, initially wanted to work for another practice and build up a clientele and then make that leap into owning my own business. And he said, Brooke, you've got it. He's like, and I've got you. So let's just, you, you can do this. I'll help you. Let's just start it. And I started training for the company already. And I had my own little side training gigs going along, going around as well. And so with a $5,000 loan from Jason, from my husband, I started uh, saving face in 2013. And so it was out of a one room out of a 500 square foot garage apartment, basically like a carriage house. I created, I was a one woman show for about four years. Then finally brought in an admin and a medical assistant and started just organically growing. And I tell Jason that was the best money he's ever made. And we've got the <laughs> most return from this business by far. Oh, I love <laughs> so, it. Yeah, yeah. It's great to hear that. And, and the fun joke for you know those of you tuning in is uh, that Jason is a member of the Lifestyle <laughs> Investor Mastermind. So we do a lot of investing together. He's in a bunch of the deals that we do. So I love, Brooke, that you can tell him, hey, you may be doing these great deals in Lifestyle Investor, but the best deal you ever made, the best investment was investing That's in right. me and investing in our business saving face. hundred percent. That $5,000 has paid off. <laughs> well, it for sure has because in 2023, this year, you guys were rated the best aesthetic practice, which is a yeah. huge honor. So you went from being a one-woman yeah. show in a small room to having one of the nicest pieces of real estate here in Austin. Uh, And you have people that fly out to your property and to your business from New York City, from Los Angeles, from all the places that you would think that they have the best of the best in the aesthetic business. And they're coming to see you. Yeah, yeah, I'm super honored. And it blows me away every time. But yes, I do have a lot of guests who will fly out to see us from Aspen, from all over. And it's such an honor, such a privilege to treat them. And even just people driving from like Dallas or wherever, because there's a med spa in every corner. And so, but I do believe this space is special. I do believe that the experience that you get at Saving Face is special. I tell my team, we are in a business of relationships. And I think it speaks for itself that we built this business on relationships and people coming back because we really care. The results kind of come along for the ride. But it is something very special. This place we purchased about a year and a half ago. It's a 1910 colonial style home that we turned into a clinic, basically. But it doesn't feel like that at all. You know, it feels really special and homey and comfortable when you walk in. So and then we also have the wellness side. Yeah. So we have a wellness part, a location as well, just around the corner and really big plans for the future with that part. So this building here, we call it the aesthetics building. It does lasers and injectables and exosomes. And then the other practice, we actually do weight loss, vaginal rejuvenation, women's health, hormones, BHRT, that sort of thing. So more on the wellness side. Yeah. And it's cool because from an investor standpoint or an entrepreneurship standpoint, you went from at one point renting everything to just not too long ago, you guys bought a really nice property, a nice piece of land, a nice colonial style home. And you've done a fantastic job. I've been in both of your facilities and they're both gorgeous. Your your interior design is great, but just the overall look, I think speaks to the quality 
that you mm. provide, right? There's, it, it's very congruent. And I think that it's mm, cool that you were able to upgrade to the space that you bought here because I think part of the backstory, obviously you wanted to expand. You probably, it always makes sense to own yes. instead of rent, but you had clients that because of their reputation or because they're high profile, they needed a place that they could get in and out of without being seen yeah. by just <laughs> yeah. regular people, right? They had to be able to come and go, get procedures right. done and and have no one know it's, of it. And you needed a facility that could door. accommodate. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, it's, totally. it's important to have a front door and a back door. <laughs> that's cool. That's right. Well, I that love that you're right. able to do that. But before business was booming, business for you wasn't always that way. You and Jason have done well financially, and we can get into some of the cool stuff that you've been able to do, even one of your coolest memberships and purchases this summer with the Yellowstone Club. Yeah. But yeah. before that, there were some financial struggles, right? Like not everyone figures it out and excels or succeeds with flying colors. So what struggles yeah. have you had? So yeah, thanks for asking. I moved to LA when I was 25 years old. And when you become a nurse, you get every credit card company out there wants to give you a line of credit, right? And so I thought, oh, this is great. I have credit cards now. And I just would buy and spend. And, and I also in the dating world, and this might be a whole nother podcast, but I was just so independent. I didn't want any man to like pay for me or pay for my dinner or whatever. So I just always felt very much independent, all this pride, probably too much, but I would just pay for things and pay for people or whatnot. And wasn't really educated around how credit worked. And so uh, for a while, I was just paying like the minimum amount due on credit cards, not realizing I was just paying on the interest. And so after a few years of this, I found myself robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I mean, I think my financial bottom was I didn't have a roll of quarters to do laundry. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember that day very clearly. And it was, it's still really emotional and very painful, but I ended up debt consolidating. I had some advice, actually had advice from an attorney friend of mine that said, just file bankruptcy. This is what people do, Brooke. And then if you save your money in five years from now, you'll have this much more money in the bank. But instinctively, I knew I still had my nursing license. I could still do the, the work that if I just worked hard enough that I could pay off this $50,000 that I owed. And so I did. I opened up one surgery center, I would close another surgery center, and I just worked really, really, really hard to get myself out of that debt. And I think when I met Jason and moved to Austin and we got married, I probably had a positive like $5,000 in my account, and that was <laughs> it. And thank God he gave me 5000 to start saving base. But yeah, so, but I, I almost feel like this... This success is a reward of that hard work. Like, I don't know. I, I can't say for sure or not, but had I filed bankruptcy, would things have been different, right? Like just the work ethic of like, hey, I got myself in this debt. I'm going to get myself out of it. And it was hard, but but I did it. And now it's just like, wow, the financial freedom that we have it is just so beautiful. And it's so far from not having a roll of quarters to do laundry. Do you love the podcast and the book and wonder what the next step should be on your lifestyle investor journey? For a limited time, my team is doing free personalized consultation calls to learn more about your goals and determine which of our courses or masterminds will help you get to the next level. 
Whether that's to make your first investment or to create your first income stream of passive income, or whether that's to achieve ultimate financial freedom. If you'd like to reserve a spot, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation to book a free strategy session while they're still available. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Well, it's amazing the resurrection you were able to have. By the way, I admire and appreciate that you did not file for bankruptcy and you figured out what you had to do and you did what it took to dig yourself out of the hole because there's a lot of financial education and awareness in that that you can then teach your kids and teach your friends. There's just so much learning once you go into it. And hopefully for most people, they don't have to. They can learn vicariously through others. They can have parents that can teach them. Not all parents do. You know, my parents did not know a lot about money. They did not know, you know, I wasn't educated on debt and credit card debt specifically. I mean, I got into trouble with the credit card very young, not understanding any of this as well. And uh, I just had lunch with a good friend, Jason Dodd uh, from Dallas. And he was talking about how, you know, our our education system's failing us because they don't even teach these simple things in high school. And this should be required education for any child. Yeah, a hundred percent. I didn't have the education. I think I knew how to balance a checkbook, but I didn't even realize like what credit card companies do to you, right? Zero percent for six months and then boom, you know, it's like, whoa, and if you don't catch it, like you're screwed. So that's right. Yeah, I do believe that we are doing, we should teach this more for sure. I remember in college, I uh, went to this table and they're like, hey, we've got free t-shirts if you sign up for this credit card. And I was like, okay, cool. So I signed up for the credit card because I'm like, I don't need to use it. I was working hard. I was making good money. But what I didn't know is that there was an annual fee that was charged. And then if you didn't pay Mm -hmm. that annual fee, that they threw all kinds of other fees on there. And then there was interest on that. But I didn't have anywhere that I was getting statements. So I didn't know. And it racked up. And I did all this over a t-shirt. And then they (laughs) would not like forgive the debt. All this that piled up when I had no notices, no anything. And like, yeah, I mean, funny. I had these letters that were going to take me to like a collection agency. I'm like, what on earth? I like, I haven't even used the darn credit card. <laughs> Crazy. That is wild. I hope you like the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. And funny thing is, I don't know if I ever wore it. I think, you know, in, in the young years, I just feel like, oh, it's free. Then I want it. Right, right. <laughs> Versus yeah, like having yeah. good judgment for the things that you may or may not want. What For sure. For sure. Oh, uh, it's yeah. funny. Now, you had mentioned that you and Jason worked together at Saving Face. And by the way, how did how did you come up with the name Saving Face? Because it's clever. I, I like it. It's a good play <laughs> on you. words and it's a good good business name. I think so, too. I really love it because I was just injectables. And when you really think about injectables, you kind of associate it with this like, I don't know, upper echelon kind of like, I don't know, fake or whatever. And so I really love the saving face just being kind of a play on words. And I knew when I was moving to Austin and and if I ever had my own business, that that was going to be my name. Like it just came very easy. And immediately when I came up with it, I was like, okay, I need to Google who owns this name or whatever. And we were still trying to buy savingface.com. It's like a Orange County doctor who owns it, but he doesn't use the name for his business, but he still owns.com. And so we're trying to, we're trying to get that. So anyway, so it just came to me and I was like, this is a perfect name for what I do. And I just thought it brought a lot of realness to it. 
right? So it just kind of takes you off of that little plateau of like, oh, I'm, I'm so good or whatever. And, uh, and it just brings you down to real life. And so I love the name as well. Thank you for saying that. And working with Jay, and you're talking about things turning out better than you could imagine. So, you know, I started saving face as a side hustle, right? Like it was like, Jason was making great money. He was in a steady career, top salesman in commercial construction, like doing his thing. Brilliant, brilliant mind. And I thought, oh, I didn't want to be on a budget per se. So I'm just going to go to work and make a little like side hustle change for gifts and whatever. Right. And our journey is, is long, but about four years in, you know, we would start competing on who was making more money. <laughs> that was always fun too. I was like, wait a second, I'm getting up there, you know? And then finally he he was getting, having these bouts of illnesses like monthly, like all of a sudden it ended up to be mold toxicity, but it, it kind of played out almost like a Lyme disease or like Borrelia. And so he, he would just go down for like a week at a time. And then he was doing all these like little micro changes in his diet. But I, I finally was like, Hey, unless you change the big stress, which is your job, I don't know if anything is going to change in your health. And so why don't you retire and or resign for a little while? That was my plan for a little while. And I'll take care of us. And then in two years, you go back and work either for the competition or somebody else. But like, I can do this for two years. Well, two years came. And he was kind of just getting his health under control. And so then it was like, okay, well, then like another two years. And we went through some ups and downs. Like there was a lot of trial and error for like, what is his purpose? What does he want to do? And it was not easy because I'm a very strong woman, right? But I know that I want to be led by a man in, in my house. And I put so much emphasis and respect around a paycheck. And I had to learn to look at Jason as a leader without having that. And so there was a lot of unlearning around the traditional roles and what this looked like. Cause my mom was a homemaker and my dad was the, the earner. And so the business, and I thought that's just how it was supposed to look and my family as well. So I had a lot of unlearning to do around that, to be able to respect Jason in this role. And so and he grew up with a mom who was like a working mom. So he was totally okay with being in this supportive role. And like, he was like, you just be as big as you want to be. I got you. And I'm just like, what? You mean you're the primary parent? Like you're making lunches? Like this just doesn't look anything like what I thought life was going to be. But then, you know, if I turn around and look at it, this is so much better than what it would have been if he would have stayed at his job and I would have just had the side hustle. Like, Get, you know, it, it took me a while to really understand that. But now I'm like, oh, my God, of course, this is so much better. But a year and a half ago when we bought this property is when I went from having 12 employees to 23, an 18-month span. Wow. And so I needed Jason to come in and help me with systems. And so he has come in, and now we've implemented Slack and Asana, and he's basically the COO and he says he's this CDO, the chief doing officer, because he does all the things, <laughs> but he's the COO and the CFO because I do everything financially to him and which I'm so grateful for your masterminds because I think that he gets so much value out of what you guys bring to the table and then that in return helps saving face. So that's when that's our journey of, of coming together. And so now with the hope of with the help of really great executive coaches by Modus 9, they have been 
super helpful with us as husband and wife partners to align and to get on the same page and to have boundaries and then also have goals and like keep us like beautiful yin and yang and and, and flow and how we do things. And you don't want to come with too masculine. I think, what do you think? I think, what do you think? But you take the romance out of it, right? You you don't get anywhere. Now we become stagnant in our marriage, right? And our marriage is the most important thing. And so we have to realize like, when we get home, I always ask him, what do you think? And I always tell him how I feel. And so I have to really work to put me back into the feminine and so that we can have that romance. And then, you know, we really cut out time. We do not miss a date night. We go date night every Wednesday night. And that's by ourselves. That's usually not with friends just to connect. And some days we talk about work because we love what we do. But other times it's like, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, I just need to, we just need to be us. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting working with your partner, but I, there's no one else I'd rather do it with. Who else could I trust like my husband? And so we've really grown a lot. Well, it says a lot about the strength of your marriage that you would say, who else would I rather do it with? Who else could I even do it with? So yeah. that truly is strength of marriage because it's not easy. And I honor you for being able to step out of what is normal or what you've seen in the past to say what's best for us, what's best for our marriage, what's best for the business. You don't need to be the breadwinner because it's likely already enough pressure as is for someone that is used to being the breadwinner, uh, maybe even thinks that they're supposed to be the breadwinner, that that is how life is. And we get locked into these gender roles that they're not necessarily right or wrong. They're just a different reality for different people, depending on how they were raised and what the roles in their family were. And what normal to one person is might be completely different than normal to the other person. And that's, you know, this is an important thing to work through and talk through. I remember when my wife, Jennifer, and I would talk through this before we were married, like in in terms of like marriage prep, marriage, you know, we took some like, uh, we had a, a marriage counseling couple that was like, hey, let's get you ready for for what marriage is going to be like. Here are the topics you should discuss. And there were so many yeah. that we hadn't yeah. discussed. And I'm glad that we did. Totally. Yeah. No, and it's about like what serves us now. It's so funny because I put so much value into my mother, like being this homemaker and cooking dinner every night. And I thought that's what your the wife that's the wife he wanted. Right. So I was like, I put all this on me. Like he married Brenda Barlow and he, he finally one day said, Brooke, I didn't marry your mom. He said, I don't need that. He's like, I eat for fuel. I don't need it to, to, to be from scratch, you know, and, and taste amazing. And so I, and it took a lot cause I just put so much value in, in that. And so once I realized like, Oh, I bring a whole nother level of value with what I can do by being the working mom. And then it's also just quality over quantity with my kids because I had a lot of mom guilt. And you talk about that ranch we joined. Now that's really helping me with my mom guilt because now (laughs) I've just bought my way out of Austin, Texas for two months out of the year. Not (laughs) bad. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah. Let's talk about that for sure. Before we do, I want to share with you a story with my wife and I, because my wife and I used to work together. We started buying mobile home parks early on. And the first park that we bought replaced her income as a teacher. So she didn't have to work anymore. And so she decided to start doing the books of the mobile home park. uh, And then we added more and, and the books got bigger. And then we noticed that over time, 
date nights would often turn into like a staff meeting where (laughs) her and I would just discuss all the details of the parks and what's going on in real estate and what's going well and what's not going well. And we've got to fix this and do that. And and date night kind of changed. And so there's a funny story where I feel like at one point I, I was like, we built these rules. We kind of created a, a safe space where we're not going to discuss work. We're just going to go on date night and we're going to talk about other things. And it was funny because at the beginning, it was like, uh, what do you talk about if you don't talk about work? Because that's like, you know, <laughs> right. the, that's the thing yeah. that we do all the totally. time together. Yeah. And so we had to get better at that. And, and we did get better. And I remember at one point it was like, OK, maybe we should just not work together anymore. Maybe that would just be best for us. And I was thinking, yeah, that, that's probably best because I would joke around with friends like, oh, yeah, I had to fire my wife, which is not true. I just love to say that. I totally love to joke. <laughs> and she gets a good kick out of it. But one time we were talking to friends, and this is before I started joking about it. Part of the reason I started joking about it was because of this. We're talking to some friends, and she's like, yeah, the working environment just wasn't good, and I had to get out of there. And I'm like, you had to get out of there? What are you talking about? I never... I mean, I know sometimes I'm on a, you know, I'm unobservant, but you really felt that way, you know, like you, you really, did, you had to get out of there. It was that bad. Working conditions were that bad. And she's like, no, no, but I had to get out of there. So a uh, big joke in our family of, of did, uh, you know, did I fire her? Did she leave? And right. we love to just have How a good bad time. Was with it? That. <laughs> it, yeah. it actually, it wasn't bad at all, but it, it was funny yeah. that the two of us had completely different perspectives, different perspectives. on yeah. what it was like yeah. working together. And, and at the end of the day, it worked fine. It worked great. We just needed, it was better for us to not be working together. So that way, when we were together, it wasn't about work. And that was good for yeah. us in our marriage. A hundred percent. Especially in that season. No, I, I agree. And I think ultimately we have a lot of plans of building this wellness center. And I really want Jason to take off in the men's division of this. But what marriage needs is mystery. And what happens when we work together all the time is that we lose that mystery because we know how your day was. I know what you did today. I know everything you did. I heard your meeting, you know. So there was no mystery. Like Jay just went to do ayahuasca for his 50th birthday. He wouldn't mind me sharing. And it was like, I was so open and so happy and in love with him because he had something else to talk to me about and had something else to bring to the table. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. It just was, it was just so beautiful. So I think trying really hard to put the boundaries right, but bringing mystery and staying curious, right? Because they say, the person you wake up with isn't the same one you went to bed with. So, and Jason is so good at asking a lot of questions. So I love it. Yeah. He's a great conversationalist. There's no doubt. I I love hanging with him and talking with him and he's, he is a great question asker. That's for sure. Yeah. So talk to us about the Yellowstone club, because this is one of the most prestigious groups. This is one of the toughest to get into memberships uh, out in Montana, kind of the who's who, yeah. uh, you know, of entrepreneurship and Hollywood celebs or members at this yeah. exclusive club. So talk to us. How, how did this happen? Okay. And and how is okay. it? Does it live up to expectations? <laughs> it's going to. No. So I'll tell you how this is not the Yellowstone Club, but it's Sam Byrne who created the Yellowstone Club. He bought the Old Marble Ranch. So the Old Marble Ranch is in Clyde's Park, kind of near Lexington, um, outside of Bozeman. And he bought 19,000 acres and he's building a core Crenshaw golf course and like a huge entertainment center and 
country club, rat pickleball, and, and then it has everything of a ranch. So like 500 working cattle and horses and and all of this, Just it's just so amazing and beautiful. Fly fishing, archery, all the things. And so I was at Yellowstone Club in January with one of my best friends, Joelle, and I ended up meeting Sam. And then our friend Brad Buckman is actually selling the the memberships for Sam. And so I I just was kind of like, hey, Brad, any friends and family going on there? You know, because I drink the Kool-Aid. If you go to Yellowstone Club, it is the experience that I want people to feel in saving face, right? So it's mm-hmm. like comfort stations. I don't know if you've been to, if anybody's been to Driftwood, it's similar to that, you know, discovery properties. And so it's just so dialed in. And I will just admit I drank the Kool-Aid, but I found out, I found out the buy-in price and on paper, it just looks stupid. But I knew, I said, Jason, if we don't do this in three years, I'm going to regret it. And I told him, I said, this doesn't come this isn't an investment that's going to pay us. This is not a Justin deal, like a lifestyle investor, get your money back monthly. Like this makes no sense, but this is lifestyle. And this is the quality of life that I want to buy into. And for me, this will be a win. So I know it looks stupid. And he was like, well, let me fly out there and I'll go look at it. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking my golf husband who golfed at A&M into a golf membership with fly fishing. But Okay. So he flew out there and he came back and he said, let's do it. And so we got to spend our first summer in Montana and I could just cry because the mom guilt, my my kids said, mom, it's like every day is Saturday. And I just wanted to <laughs> weep because I was like, oh my God, it is. We could just hang out together. And it wasn't like put them in camps. It was like, this is like mom and dad camp. And we had so much fun. There was so much connection and it wasn't a hundred (laughs) degrees. So yeah, so we did, we, it is a win. And I think this is where they will meet friends and we will have a community out there that they'll just grow up with. And I feel like this is where our kids will get married and we'll just keep it in the family as long as we can. So I'm really excited about this, this space. It's called crazy mountain ranch. That's awesome. Well, here, here's the thing. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Texas summers, <laughs> they can be intense. Uh, I think that there are many places that are much worse, but uh, and we've done a summer here before, so we know we can do it, but it is much more pleasant to go abroad or to go, a lot of people here go to Colorado or Montana. Yeah, And that's just such a, a great escape from the heat. And so I love that. We try to get overseas over the summers, but we have talked about, you know, we did do a summer in Colorado where we went to like all the cool cities, just had home base in Denver and drove to every other one. We've done uh, some time in Montana. And so, yeah, we love kind of getting out exploring, especially in, you know, having some mountain exposure and just the the beautiful outdoors that those mountainous regions bring. It's amazing because I used to think I'm just a beach person. We go to seaside, we do the beach all the time, but the mountains are just as rejuvenating and just as powerful and just to be outside in nature. And I think that's what it is, especially with the small kids. It's like mm-hmm. we can't even take them to parks and stuff. But I just want to do a shout out to my team because it's building that team that can keep us afloat that has allowed me to step away from the practice and and take that time off. And so I'm just super grateful. But I do think that's going to be our summer is moving forward. I didn't realize summer was like a verb until you moved to Texas. It's like, (laughs) oh yeah, we're going to summer in Montana. So I love it. That's lifestyle right there. 
That's fantastic. That's lifestyle. That, 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 that is, that is that lifestyle is investor approved. <laughs> nice job. Here we go. Thank so, you. Thank you. I'd love to talk about just, uh, I guess, your practice as it's evolved to cover more than you know, just women. What has that looked like? And and I'd love to speak to my own experience as well, because I am a client of yours. I've now mm. utilized several of you know the the different uh, modalities that you offer. And I'd love to hear how it's expanding to be a little bit more wide ranging. Yeah. Well, I was super excited that you came in and I think you look amazing. I'm, let's sit, look at your profile. You guys got to go on video and check out Justin because he looks really good. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> so snatched. No, thank you for trusting me and thank you for coming in. And it was an honor to treat you. Men are about 10% of our business and it's growing every year. It's getting just more acceptable for men. I think what they're realizing is that, you know, in sales and things like that, and as much as we have cameras and podcasts and all of that, is it important how you look, right? And it's important that you you sometimes just our genetics might have us have hollow eyes and, and we don't feel tired, but we look at our screens and we're saying, oh, I'm tired, right? And so there's things that we can do that are minimally invasive that you don't have to go under the knife. You don't have to have downtime. You don't have to take off of work. I think you came and then went and did a podcast right after. It's like, that's right. it's just, it's very easy to just do minimal things that can actually make such a difference in how you feel and how you approach a conversation and how other people approach you. And so even it's like sometimes men have, you know, really deep furrows between their brows, even when they're not squinting. And it can appear that they, that they're angry or that they're upset and they're not at all, but that's just over time, those etched in lines, they can say that. And so what we can do are just small little tweaks that can help reverse some of that. Our superpower is that we're supernatural. So my goal is that no one can tell that we did anything, that you just look better. And so, yeah, so men have become, we love our men here. We take great care of them, but mostly they come in from their, their wives. So the wives will come in first and then say, Hey, you got to come check, check out saving face. And then, you know, Jason has been such a, a billboard for, for us as well. He doesn't mind being on our Instagram and things like that. And he just looks great. He's a lean guy by, by nature and he works out and he has very low body fat. And so his face would show it. I almost, I wish I could just lay out cards at the gym and say, Hey, you work out your ass and I'll work out your face. Right. So, <laughs> but it's like, so often the men just get really lean and, and they're just a little bit of volume without feminizing you can just look so refreshed and just give you that confidence that, that you need to get out there and do your best. So men are becoming a great part of our field. And then we did buy another property. It's going to be South Lamar, right behind the Gibson Bar. We're going to, our plan is to build about a 9,000 square foot wellness center and it will have a compounding pharmacy. I will have an academy in which I can teach and it will have a wellness level and an aesthetics level with a little men's corner. So I'm excited about that, that we can really cater to our men clientele. So it, it's all expanding. We'll get into the peptide game. So we're going to have peptides, pepnoids, outcome-based programs. And then also just, you know, preventative stuff, lasers, education, all of the things that that go hand in hand with that so that we can prevent disease and not just band-aid it once it's there. So I love yeah. it. And I love it. This whole push for preventative medicine. I love the peptide game, I think is incredible. We just did a lifestyle investor event where we had, I think, 40 or 45 of our members attend an East West Health 
two-day event here in Austin. It was really fun. It was actually just this week or just last week, rather. And it was incredible. People loved it. Stem cells and peptides and all kinds of stuff. So I love that you're expanding into that. There's another business in town called Alive and Well that I think does all kinds of really cool work. Yeah. I'm friends with the founder of that company, Michael, and looking to finalize an investment with them. And so I I love that all of you guys are in this space to me that is making the world a better place. It's Mm. reinvigorating personal health and, you know, just doing great things for people. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. I love those guys too. Yeah. So it's like medicine 2.0, right? Or it's just for us. And and I, it's really from experience from Jason having his dad pass away unexpectedly. It was a heart issue. He goes and gets his heart checked out. They want to put him on Lipitor and put him on a stat and all this stuff. And he's like, internally is like, I'm not going on the drugs. And I came from that allopathy mindset. Like I'm a, you know, 20 year trained nurse. So I was like, wait, babe, this might just be genetic. You're going to have to take a pill. And he was like, I'm not doing it. And through series of holistic medicine, Ayurveda medicine, integrated medicine, all finally functional, he has proven that through lifestyle and through diet, you don't need to go on that medication. You you can do it yourself. And it has changed my entire outlook. And so I'm excited to bring this type of medicine to our community. I love it. Well, I got a chance to look at the numbers for the facility that you bought. So I I got to be kind of on the inside track and share some thoughts and what I thought made sense and didn't make sense. And I just I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for you guys for growing your business for being in another great part of town having something Mm, that is so fun south of the river, which is important for those that live south. And you obviously have the one north of the river, although it's just tad north of downtown, most would consider it part of or slight extension of downtown. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good for you, for your business, for the growth of Saving Face. Thank you. Thank you. We're really excited. We we want to do these two and maybe one out in Hill Country and then maybe expand to Palm Beach. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a few coming up. So Jason's like, let's just build the landing gear before you take off. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's probably fine. a so. good idea, right? Yeah. But that's why you're <laughs> yeah. both doing it. You both have strengths that you're bringing to yeah. the game and it won't be as good without each of your insight. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's so cool. So Brooke, where can more people find out just more information about you and Saving Face? Oh, thank you for asking. You can go online to savingfaceaustin.com. That's also our Instagram handle, Saving Face Austin. We have Facebook and we have Twitter as well and LinkedIn. So all of your Saving Face Austin should be us. I think we might have a Saving Face ATX, but that's the best way online is to find us. Or you can come to 405 West 14th Street if you live in Austin and check us out. We have a cute little boutique. So Our doors are open and you can come check out the house. I love it. Well, Brooke, this has been such a blast having you on the show, hearing your story, finding out more about you and the genesis of Saving Face. And (laughs) and just as a proud and impressed client, I have to say that you are a magician at what you do. Your team Mm -hmm. is fantastic. The experience is great. Just the quality of work and the precision that takes place is just unmatched. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because I did not know much about this world. Uh, when I showed up, I was just kind of curious to learn. I didn't know that we were actually going to do anything. And then you're like, you want to try it out? And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Why not? I'm here. Yeah. Let's, let's have some yeah. fun. And then I was like, let's, oh, we great. can talk about it, you know, on the show. We'll, we'll make it fun. So I'm glad that we were able to do that. But just so everyone knows, I am a huge Brooke and Jason Nickel fan. And I uh, think the world of you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. And again, thank you for trusting me with your face. <laughs> hey, you bet. You bet. And I like to end every episode asking our listeners and those of you watching one simple question. What is one step that you can take today to move towards financial freedom and move towards living a life that you truly desire on your terms? So not a life by default, but rather a life by design. Thanks. And we'll catch you next week. I love that. Bye, Justin. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.